Welcome to the Steve Barkley Ponders Out Loud podcast. As instructional coaches and school leaders, you have a challenge to guide continuous teacher growth that promotes student success. This podcast looks to support you with strategies from our experienced guests and insights that I've gathered across many years. I'm thrilled you're here. Thanks for listening. Students Mentoring Students. Joining the podcast today is Terrence Johnson, the Assistant Principal at Cumberland Regional High School in New Jersey and a past New Jersey Assistant Principal of the Year. I invited Terrence to our podcast after reading an article that described a Students as Mentor program that he had initiated. That's an area that's of special interest to me, and I'm so glad that he agreed to join us. So welcome, Terrence. Thank you very much. I'm wondering, for starters, if you'd just tell us a little bit about Cumberland Valley High School uh, and uh, and your tenure there. Yeah, the Cumberland Regional High School is a rural high school. Uh, it's uh, a regional district, so we service uh, six sending districts. So we don't have a universal middle school that just sends our, their kids to us. We're a regional district. Uh, I have been there. For 16 years now, I have been in uh, in administration for 20 years, and I've been in education for 30. Uh, I started off my educational career as a phys ed teacher in a school district named Bridgeton. Bridgeton, 15 minutes, 10 minutes away from Cumberland. And interesting enough, before Cumberland Regional existed, all the students that went to Bridgeton actually were students that were in Cumberland Regional districts also. And then what Bridgeton did was the outer region of its district. It developed its own school, which was Cumberland Regional. But when I started teaching in Bridgeton, uh, I was a health and phys ed teacher for elementary and I coached high school football. And then my college background is um, I um, actually had a full football scholarship to the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina. I played football there and I graduated in 1992. So I was 10 years in teaching and uh, coaching, and then I've been in administration for 20 years. I'm going to be anxious to uh, uncover here how that uh, history and background uh, connects to the the mentor program that you put together. I just got some ideas flying through my head. There's a lot of connections, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what was the motivation that led to the initial design of the of the mentor program so it's interesting so at um we started the program wow must have been at least 13 years ago now um the our current superintendent his name was bill stonis uh he passed away a couple years ago but he approached me during the summertime and he says terrence i want you to start a mentoring program that's all he told me i'm like okay (laughs) that's all he said and so he actually wanted me to start the program that fall and um i'm a person that is huge in preparing because i feel like if you don't really prepare well for something that you're not going to do well so my current principal at the time his name was john mitchell he was probably the most influential administrator i've ever had um as an administrator and we were at a workshop and a gentleman from lindenwald high school was putting on a presentation on a mentoring program that they had at their high school and um it was called freshman seminar and i was sitting next to our 
building principle and he wrote next to it he wrote on a little post-it mentoring we didn't even go to the workshop with the intention of learning about you know looking for a mentoring program it kind of almost fell into our lap so i immediately got in touch with the gentleman uh and i got his information after the workshop and the more i talked to him about it lindenwald had this program called freshman seminar where they had they actually serviced all of their freshmen it was a group one school so they serviced all their freshmen and it was a an actual character education class where they had approximately 20 to 25 freshmen in each section and they had senior mentors that were in the classes with the students and their sole purpose was to be in a class with them and to help the freshmen in their transition into high school socially intellectually and emotionally and i thought man this sounds like something that we should look into so i convinced my administration and my superintendent can i put together a committee and can i really do my research for the next year so what i did was i put together a committee uh, at the time i got our director of curriculum he actually is the um principal of the cc tech school now in cumberland county greg mcgraw he was our director of curriculum we actually at the time had peer leadership teachers at our school and i was actually pretty close with our peer leadership teachers because when i would have bad days and i kind of felt like I was being inundated with discipline, I would go and sit in the peer leadership classes to just be around positivity and positive students and character. So I got those two teachers and a couple other teachers that were just really um, invested in students and also a parent. So we put together a committee and we actually went and visited Lindenwald once a month for a whole year. And we would stay for an entire day. We would sit in on classes. We would interview mentors, interview mentees, interview teachers, interview the curriculum advisors. And just, we found out, we, we prepared. So after the full year, we actually started freshman seminar that next year. We didn't have enough teachers to service all of our students. So we started off ser uh, servicing three sections of students. Uh, I definitely didn't want this course to be um, a course for students, a behavioral course. So what we did was we targeted students that were academically um, at risk. Mm -hmm. So I created a criteria um, and I intentionally did not look at the student's behavior at all. So if a student was partially proficient in math and language arts and the state standardized test for eighth grade, if they were basic skills, if they were recommended by their sending district and the way that they would learn about our program is our guidance counselors would go out and meet with their kids. So if they were recommended, and then we had this criteria uh, for a rubric that we give all of the guidance counselors give all the teachers and guidance counselors that are sending districts and it rates the students in terms of kind of a subjective rating to determine how good of a student they are and the highest score that they can get is an 18. so if they got a 12 or lower they also would meet my criteria so i had my secretary put all of our sending district students for this criteria in a spreadsheet and i would select the students making sure that it was equitable and so for the first maybe nine to 10 years, we had three sections of 25 students. Uh, and 
We also had a very lengthy process in terms of identifying senior mentors also. So I, I, uh, I, I found it interesting when I read the article, and uh, I'll be sure to uh, post the link to the article in the uh, podcast lead-in so everybody can find it. Um, but I found it interesting that it's a, uh, it's a course for the mentors as well. Would yes. you talk a little bit about that? Yes, it is. And it's interesting, too, because initially um, it wasn't an honors level course, but I was looking for our highest character and highest academic and students, not just students that are high academic, but students that were very involved and immersed themselves in our school culture. But unfortunately, if you're looking for those students, those are also your high academic students. And they're, you know, over the past past two years, I've had at least five students that were in in the top 10 ranking. So the question is, if I'm a senior, why, you know, how is this course going to deter or lessen my ranking? And why is this course advantageous to me during my senior year? So um, we eventually were able to get board, board approved for this course to be an honors level course. Wow. And it is an honors level course. It is not academically rigorous, but I got to tell you, Steve, it is extremely emotionally rigorous because they're investing, they're not investing in inanimate objects. They're not investing in a course. They're investing in people and the unpredictability, you know, uh, and how the learning how to be a leader and to motivate students to be better students is a, it's not, it's a very difficult task for a 17 or 18 year old. So yes, it is not, it is an honors level course now. And the reputation of the course has it's funny um five six years ago some of the students that i was trying to convince and recruited to become senior mentors a lot of times those students in the top five they respectfully turned the course down because they didn't want it to reflect their ranking and that is slowly changing I had a student last year she was ranked second I recruited her sister who was ranked first the previous year and her sister turned it down. Her sister told her younger sister she regretted it. And this was the main reason that the younger sister decided to do it. And she honestly, she was probably one of my best mentors. I had done a couple online presentations for NJPSA where she was a guest. I had a visiting school come and I used her as a representative. She was probably one of the best representatives that we had. honestly, um, for the program. And that's one of her biggest stories is that she was sitting on the fence and her sister had told her that she regretted not doing it. And this young lady did not regret it one time. So the reputation of the program is growing and the reputation that it's gaining is that it's worth the effort. So what, what do you, uh, what do you identify as the, uh, the, the key benefits for the freshmen who are being mentored and for the seniors who are being the mentors so it's interesting it's um (laughs) you're a parent right yes who been who's benefited more in that relationship you or your son (laughs) right so that's that's a difficult question right so like the more you invest as a parent the more you're getting out of it but guess what your son's getting a lot out of it also and so you know, statistically, I can give you all the statistics where the, you know, the 
your um, freshman year is the most difficult transition. Yeah, in I was going to say I've, I've worked I've worked with that number for years. How Absolutely, and so that was the main reason that our 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 superintendent wanted me to start this program, and and so you have students that you know traditionally were really good students in seventh and eighth grade, and all of a sudden they get exposed to all these adult things in high school and they get lost in the shuffle. So, you know, the way the analogy that I give is that, you know, if you're trying to get from the beginning of the forest to the end of the forest, but like in the forest, there are a lot of different things that can trip you up. There are a lot of things that are dangerous. And if you can give somebody a tour guide that has gone three quarters of the way and done almost everything right and been extremely successful, but then they're willing to turn around and go to the beginning and take someone starting and i'm going to be your tour guide for this first quarter and i don't want anything from you i want something for you Powerful. and unfortunately a lot of the relationships that kids have at high school yeah they want something from somebody else these seniors don't want anything from their they from their freshmen they want them to be successful they want them to experience high school this you know and have the a similar experience where they immerse themselves in the high school and they're getting a lot out of it and so I think that's probably the best way that I can explain it. You know, um, the freshmen get a lot out of it if they're smart enough to take the help that's being given, to understand the intention of the person who's given the help. To um, and we help with that myself and the and the classroom teachers, but then the senior mentors get a lot out of it because they learn the benefit of service. Yeah. You know, uh, providing a service to somebody else and helping somebody else be successful. You know, uh, it was interesting. Um, I try to stress to my senior mentors, do not gauge your success completely based on looking for instant gratification and looking for immediate success out of your freshmen. Gauge it based on your effort. So I have one of my best senior mentors. She's phenomenal. One of her students, one of her freshmen, unfortunately, a week ago, got in trouble and got placed in our in-house alternative school from getting in trouble. And you should have seen how distraught she was. Mm. And it's interesting because in my mind, I'm like, okay, that's what it's about. You invest so much and you're distraught. But understand that you didn't fail him at all. You did everything that you could do. You know, and she's one of my best. But sometimes the kids don't respond. Now I'm in the process of setting up something where even though he can't be in the class anymore, but I'm in the process of setting up a reward system where if he's good in this program for every two weeks, the two of them can meet once a week. And so I have this theory called the vending machine theory, you know, and if you put money in a vending machine, you immediately expect to get something back. That's not why you help people. You don't help people because you expect to get something back. You, you help people because it's right. And so I have story after story where the senior mentors and these kids are kids where they're all about instant gratification and success. I try hard. I see my success. Life's not always about <laughs> that, right? So they're learning that valuable lesson. And the minute they start to really just understand, just keep on grinding and keep on doing what I got to do, they wind up getting their candy bar. In, in times where they don't expect it, you know, and, and that's really what the minute you, you stop expecting it, you wind up getting that thanks, you, you wind up getting that appreciation, you wind up getting that reward. 
And so that's, you know, it's interesting. Um, my senior mentors write a weekly reflection uh, and it's due every Monday and it pretty, it has specific um, guidelines for each paragraph, but by reading them, you can really see exactly how their week went, what their triumphs for, were, what their struggles were. And I read every single one and I meet with a lot of them based on some of the things that they're struggling with, or sometimes just to tell them they're doing a really good job because I think they need that support. So I can gauge how hard they're trying, what they're doing, what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong. And it's really not even about wrong because they've never done it before. So they're learning about their own leadership skills. And they're also learning fair is not equal. Like what works with one, you can take a completely different approach and works with another. I have three children. Um, <laughs> my son graduated fifth in high, in, in high school. My daughter graduated first. My other daughter's in like the top 25 and they are completely all different. Uh -huh. you know, it's like my wife and I take a very similar approach, but we also have to take a different approach because they're different yeah. people. I'm impacted by the value of what your mentors are learning as they're leaving high school and and, and and heading out into the world that's just a critical uh, skill set for them to have well, the chance to develop it's interesting um so they would be able to communicate even better than i would their impact so i've had a lot of my mentors over the years uh, at the end of the semester they write a culminating summative essay on their overall mentor experience and then sometimes i've had my mentors uh, write essays on the overall mentor experience, and I don't even realize how much they're getting out of it. It's been really interesting, too. The past two years, we've taken the mentors away, uh, two nights and three days for overnight training. And the second night, we invite five previous uh, alumni mm -hmm. mentor from different years. And some of them are in college. Some of them are professionals now. And to and what we do is um, we have pre-made questions and we have a formal dinner and the senior mentors of that pre that current year ask the alumni mentors questions about everything. But we have the questions preset and pre-made and to hear the responses, the wealth of experience, it's pretty um, humbling. It's pretty amazing. Before we wrap up, I'm wondering if you have uh, a few words of uh, of advice or or guidance for uh, people who would want to look into uh, starting a, a program in in a school where it doesn't exist. So it's interesting. So obviously, from my answers, you can tell that I'm very invested in it. <laughs> I could talk to you about the program <laughs> hours. Um, so I am very methodical to make sure if you saw, we have currently this year, 25 senior mentors. Our senior mentors also look like what our students in our school look like. That is very gotcha. important. Gotcha. That is intentional. I am able to, through our recruiting process, find students that maybe haven't been recognized prior to their senior year, but have been diamonds in the rough and to see them flourish and to have mentors that look exactly what like what our student demographic looks like 
is important. Uh, I would also say do your due diligence and have a really high standard for the mentors that you select and make sure that they completely understand the amount of commitment that's involved. Because the worst thing that you want, would want to have happen is have someone who signed up to do something and then somewhere along the lines they said, this is not for me. I don't have that happen because we do a really good job of, ma- of recruiting and making sure that we get the right ones. So when you did your introduction, I, uh, I, I said, I, I, have a, I have a feeling there's a connection to your past history and experiences and, uh, and what you're doing here. So I'll let you respond to that. But as I'm listening to you, mm-hmm. uh, you, you, you sound to me like a, a coach. Who has, his, <laughs> who has his team of 25. Well, it's so funny. That your you dedication said. to them. <laughs> so uh, it's pretty interesting. I live with my 85-year-old father with my family. The reason I live with my, with my father is because my mother passed away seven years ago, and we decided to live in, move in with my father so he wasn't alone. My father probably knows me better than anybody, and he says the thing that you love more than anything is coaching. <laughs> Even though I'm an administrator, I still help coach. I coach football at the high school. And before I got into administration at Bristol, I coached for 10 years and uh, we won a couple state championships. And coaching is what I probably love more than anything. So it's really crazy that you said that because that, I, you know, that is, that is my passion. You coach so, the mentors. You coach the mentors. I coach the mentors. Yes, I do. And I love... You know, it's it's funny. My first two years in at Cumberland, I was so wrong. Uh, I said, "There's no kids of character here," and so that's when I started. When I said that, I I was wrong. I didn't get out and meet the kids of character, which is why I started going to the peer leadership classes, and um, I needed to get out. And what I, what this program has done for me is the very best part of my job. It has allowed me to develop these insane close relationships with these high character kids that were not for this program i wouldn't know them any more than their name powerful yeah i wouldn't know them any more than their name and i have my relationship with them has extended beyond high school where they keep in touch with me on a regular basis like a lot of things and so yes so you know uh coaching is huge um my background at the Citadel yeah. was really I was going to ask that too. Yeah. Yeah. My dad grew up in Charleston. He grew up 15 minutes away, walking distance from the Citadel. And during his day, blacks weren't allowed on campus. Mm-hmm. So he had, he and my mom had three sons. And out of the three sons living in New Jersey, two of us, my oldest and myself, had football scholarships to the Citadel. And so for us to be able to go to an institution that my dad would have loved to have gone to, but when he was a kid um and having that it's not an easy school (laughs) i don't know how much you know no no i as soon as you said that i i knew okay so it taught me a lot so it taught me a lot about character and it taught me about like even with the um senior mentors we have an honor code so at the citadel you have an honor code by cheaters deal or tolerate those who do so we actually have an honor code where we have specific stipulations and part of the reason that I have an honor code is because just 
the symbolism that you're signing something that you're committing to your role and your responsibility. So yeah, that it has a huge, even after all these years, it has a huge impact on the way that I live my life. Yes. Well, Terrence, it's, it's just been a pleasure to have the conversation with you. Uh, before I sign off, uh, are you okay if I uh, uh, put your uh, uh, email uh, address into the uh, lead-in in case any of the listeners have questions? And Absolutely. And I wanted to let you know that I was honored at the fact that you felt like my article was interesting enough for us to do this. It was an honor to do this today. Well, thank you. Much yes, appreciated on my end. Take care. All right. Thank you, sir. Thanks for listening, folks. I'd love to hear what you're pondering. You can find me on Twitter or LinkedIn at Steve Barkley, or send me your questions and find my videos and blogs at barkleypd.com.